0: Welcome to Rooted and Unwavering, a podcast and radio show which features leaders from all walks of life in conversations about courageous connectedness. How do we stay connected to our best selves, especially when we are challenged? What becomes possible when we truly stay committed to our own and others' greatness, also when we don't feel it? Join host Hilka Faber, transformational coach facilitator and award-winning author of taming your crocodiles and his guests as they explore leadership greatness in today's episode of rooted and unwavering
1: well welcome to rooted and wavering uh, broadcasting live from phoenix arizona today this is our 34th episode and this is where we help leaders to connect more deeply to their innate potential. I'm your host, Hilke Fauer. And today I was going to be here with Patricia Obermeyer, senior leader at Microsoft. And unfortunately, she had a, uh, fell ill uh, this week. Not seriously ill, I don't think, but just fell ill. And so she's not able to join us today. And so we thought about what we're going to do with this episode. And because it's the week before Thanksgiving, we thought, what is not a better way to use this episode than to focus this hour on the power of gratitude. And we look forward to having uh, Patty on a future episode of Rooted and Wavering. So the power of gratitude, that's what we're going to talk about. And just a little bit of context for this podcast as we talk about in every podcast, Rooted and Wavering is a series of conversations with leaders from all walks of life to learn about how do we stay more connected to who we want to be, what's true about us, our highest self, uh, that which feels taller on the inside, that what brings the best out in us in any situation, um, in particular at work and in particular in our, our life as leaders. Like, how do we do that? That is the podcast focus. And we hear stories from all walks of life to basically get inspired and see, ah, like what can I learn from this leader about hmm, being a little bit more in my seat today? Uh, How do I take a little bit more responsibility for the energy that I bring to the situation? And if you're anything like me, you need these conversations. I need these conversations uh, to help me rebalance because so much in life happens to pull me off balance if I let it so in this episode today we're going to talk about gratitude and in the first half uh, it's going to be me uh, offering some of my reflections that I feel inspired to share today this week before Thanksgiving in the United States and then in the second half I'll be joined by my colleague Rick Gage who so will together exp- unpack this a little bit more so gratitude, let's talk about gratitude. So much is packed into that. Let me start by saying is that there's something that happens in us, and we all know this, when we choose to be grateful, as opposed to resentful or worried or anxious about something. Even when we're anxious, we can choose to be grateful. And we all know what happens within us. Something in us opens up to uh you could say, bigger perspective. Just a mini example. When I got the news this morning that um, even though Patty and I'd been emailing for a while this week to hear about how she was doing, my my initial, um, you say, your reptilian reaction to her not being able to be here was like, oh no. And then when I choose gratitude, it's like, huh, huh, how interesting. What's this an opportunity for? how can I be grateful for what's here? And gratitude helps me to open up to to what's here. This morning, I took a walk in my neighborhood, which I often do. I live in Phoenix these days. And it's been a really hot summer, brutally hot. And uh, some of the trees, which there are many here in this neighborhood, have died. And I walked by one of the trees that people were taking down. And I was thinking... How do I what what why would I choose gratitude for this? Right. And what happens when I choose gratitude? Now part of me feels sad and, and, and concerned about the environment and and sad about losing this beautiful tree. Um, and then when I choose gratitude, it doesn't negate these feelings. It it opens up something in me that says, okay, and we're still here. Uh, thank you, tree, for providing this beautiful shadow and all this beauty that I got to walk by every morning. And now you're not there. I, I thank you for that. And when I when I focus on gratitude, I feel bigger. You could say I feel like okay, today is okay. I can actually be grateful that I'm breathing. I'm grateful for the sky. I'm grateful for the body that's moving. I'm grateful just to be here. So there's a, there's there's an opening that happens. When you think about specific leadership challenges that we may face, like we may get, and this this is the time of year that many companies get their survey results in terms of how their employees are feeling. And sometimes you get good results and sometimes you get less positive results. Or it's the time of year where, it's you know, sort of this end of year where a lot of things have to be done. And there's like this this kind of like almost stress, like I need to push through this. And in that stress, you could say our perspective becomes smaller. Oh, are the results okay? Uh, Am I getting the right results? And when I look at these results, whatever they are, even if they're not what I want them to be, with gratitude, just notice what happens. When you look at what, think about something in your life that you may not like that's happening, that's challenging for you. Notice what happens for you when you you choose to bring an attitude of gratitude to it. I find when I do that, that it opens me up to perspective, um, a sense of awe, curiosity. And suddenly it's not so much anymore about little me, little Holke that has a specific idea of how things should be. When I teach about connected leadership, one of the topics we often look at is our attachments and how they get in the way of us actually being connected to ourselves, to each other, and to this moment. And you could say gratitude is a great way to loosen our attachments and to become open to what actually is important to us as opposed to the attachment. Think about any challenge you're facing. A, A challenge that I'm facing today is that i have a i work with a client and they are changing the scope of the engagement with me actually they're thinking about bringing in another facilitator alongside with me to work with a team and my reptilian brain which is fear-based which has an attachment you could say on what should happen is not happy about this And when I can map my attachments to make sure that they don't have much hold on me. So I have attachments in three areas on the I, the we, and the it dimension. And we can always look at their attachments and basically anything in life from those three dimensions, the I, we, and the it. So on the it dimension, um, I have an attachment to it being successful through my methods, the team development, through my methods to what I do. And even there's a financial component to this. Like if I do this by myself, I make more money, I think, right? That's, so I don't, there's something about me, it sounds like a crash, but that's part of what happens in the mind. So just think about the challenge you're having and think about the attachment that you have with this challenge and what the impact of that is. That's an it attachment. So there's something like that says, it, this, sh- this should not be happening. Now, I should do this by myself. I should uh, apply my own methods. And um, I should get all the money and this other professor should not be part of it. By the way, I'm not a professor. It's a professor that's being uh, included in this this team journey. And then the second, on the we dimension, I have an attachment to me having this special relationship with the team where people can see me. And it's becoming about me and the team. It's an attachment, you could say. And then on the I dimension, there is this attachment to me being the best and the person that provides the answer so all of these are attachments you could say and 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 just notice what happens when i'm in the in the claw of these attachments there's very room for space there's no gratitude so a way to work with this is just to notice what these attachments do to my sense of well-being to my relationship with others and to my effectiveness again the I we need so the more attached I am to how things should be the less happy I am the less I'm actually focusing on being connected to what I actually value um, the more less the more attached i am the, the less connected i am to other people because it's about me it's not about what they actually need my empathy goes down when i'm attached and when i'm attached my effectiveness also goes down because i can only see my little picture of how things should be my expectation as opposed to opening up to what's here so you could say that's the bad news so as you're listening to this just do a little map of your what your attachments might be and how they get in the, the way of you feeling connected to yourself your well-being to the other your relationships the we and to the other just notice what happens notice what happens when we get really into the expectations of how things should be I should do this i should be like this they should be like this and it should happen like that you might find that they should thoughts are very familiar they're very familiar and as we will explore in a moment they have often history in us we can actually make a make a history make a map of it where how they how they've come to be but before we do that because that may be a lot of work we can make it much simpler and say, ah, we have these attachments, right? We notice that. What instead of choosing to give in to my attachments, I simply choose gratitude. Simply choose gratitude. Unconditional gratitude. Doesn't mean I'm grateful that things are happening the way they should because they're not. Not entirely, at least. But at least. I'm, when I say I'm choosing being unconditionally grateful, it means that I choose to be grateful no matter what, no matter what's happening. So when I choose to be unconditionally grateful, thinking about this challenge that I just shared, first of all, it puts me back in my seat. It's like the attachment is like hot and like, like that, I'm going to grab it like that, right? It's, It's uncomfortable actually I don't like who I become actually when I become grateful the first thing that happens I is it for me I I I take a step back I I literally lean back in my seat I like myself a bit more Um, I start to appreciate something that might be more true about this than what my little superficial mind made up about this situation. Like I I look beyond the little pictures of my expectations and I look into what's actually really true about this. So here you could say, I am invited into a collaboration with somebody that I don't know. Huh. This other person has probably so much to offer. Not probably. Look at my reptilian brain. Probably, I doubt it. (laughs) Has a lot to offer, of course. And it's interesting that this work that I do, we call connected teamwork. Well, (laughs) I get to practice that with anyone. So when I become unconditionally grateful, my, my perspective opens and I start to see more truth about the situation. My anxiety decreases because notice that when I'm attached to something, part of my mental resources are going to be motivated to making that happen at all cost, probably in some part of the mind. And so I can release that, I can relax that. Now, what happens with the sense of so on the I, I feel more relaxed on the we dimension. I feel curious about the other people. Um, my, My gaze softens. I become empathetic to the other person. I'm sure the other person may have some similar anxieties that I might have about them, about me. They don't know me. Like, so like, think about how you feel when you open the door, you know, somebody knocks on your door and you don't know them. At least in 2023, it used to be like when I was a child, I looked forward to it. It's like, who was that? But these days, there's a, at least for me, there's often a a little bit of fear. Like, who was that? Is that safe? Is that safe? The other person may have something similar to me going on. And then on the it dimension, when I open up to grace and gratitude, I see that together we're probably going to be a lot more effective to serve this team because in this team there are many people and these many people have different preferences and they may like different learning styles and different ways of learning and this other person might bring some of that and I might bring some of that so it's not all like me having to do this by myself so I'm very grateful for this power of gratitude that has been passed on. to to us through generations. It's a poet that says, gratitude unlocks the fullness of life. It helps me to see everything as enough and more. Stranger becomes a friend, house becomes a home. Problem becomes an opportunity, becomes an invitation. So it's interesting how gratitude, the simple act of choosing to be grateful is such a powerful leadership orientation to connect us more to what is needed now. It connects us to well-being. It helps us to be empathetic. It helps to give us perspective. It helps to, us to be more of service. Right? And when I think, take a step back and say, why is that? Well, when I'm not grateful, I'm probably attached to something. And the attachment has more to do with me which my small world what i think should be happening as opposed to the largest perspective i can do when i'm grateful i open up to a much larger perspective of what's going on i think about the holidays holidays can be a beautiful time of togetherness and celebration And maybe some quiet time to take stock of the year and contemplation and getting closer to what's important to us, enjoying things. They can also be a really hard time. And I think that the holidays become hard when, and difficult, when we become attached to some picture we have of what should happen. Like the family should just suddenly work perfectly. We should all get along. The house should be perfect. The the meal should be perfect. Um, You should suddenly say something to me that I've been waiting for you to say to me for years. Um, We should have a really wonderful time. Planes should go on time. We should see each other on Christmas Day or whatever we have in mind. All of these expectations that create so much stress. That's why I think so many people are exhausted after the holidays it's been like the red race to fulfill expectations so what would it be like if we went into the holidays more with an an attitude of unconditional gratitude which is not something to practice only for the holidays but something that we can practice all the time to say I am going to be unconditionally grateful whatever is happening which doesn't mean that I agree with it all, that I'm not gonna stand for things, that I'm gonna accept things that are unacceptable, but even when things are happening that are not acceptable to me, I can still be choosing an attitude of gratitude. So let's think about that for a second. We may see around us in the world, and definitely I find that, a lot of things that are happening that are very hard, atrocious, Think about the last few years
2: with
1: Ukraine and now with Israel and Gaza and just some of the things that are headlines. And I know there's many things that don't even make our radar screen of consciousness, but there's so much going on in the world. There's so much violence in this world. Humans in 2023, in this last 100 years seem to have become more violent rather than less. But I don't know whether that's true. That's just my mind making stuff up. So just let's delete that sentence. <laughs> let's delete that. I'm grateful I get to delete sentences after I've said this. It's called making an amends. Like, I'm sorry I said that. I don't know that. But in 2023, in November of 2023, it seems to me there's a lot of violence. Um, my husband is African-American. I witness every day micro and bigger violence towards him simply because of his race um, I experience violence towards myself uh, simply because I'm gay and I have a committed gay relationship so Hilka choose unconditional gratitude what happens when I do that it doesn't mean that I then simply become a wind vane and accept the unacceptable. But it means that I'm choosing to accept the situation for what it is right now. And I choose to find what I can be grateful for, which in this case is, if I peel it all back, simple act that I can be aware of this and that I am alive and that I get to bring awareness and compassion to it. So when I really peel it down, this is the beautiful thing about challenges, they bring us to, like they they peel us down to the most essential layers. Like even if everything around me goes haywire, what can I be grateful for? Well, that I get to bring to it what's most important to me, which for me is truth, love, and service. So when things really, like real, like real big challenge, I get to be grateful for because it is an invitation for me to wake up more deeply to what I can truly bring to not only this situation that's challenging, but also to any other situation in my life. You may have heard of an Austrian psychologist uh, who wrote a book called men's search for meaning Viktor Frankl and he wrote that after having been in concentration camps for mm, for concentration camps for a long time in the Second World War he wrote that you can take everything from a human being but one thing the last of the human freedoms to choose one's attitude, to choose like the energy that we bring to this. Or another way to think about this is that between stimulus and response lies the freedom to choose. That's an, a way to paraphrase him. And what I'm grateful for, what i mean the fire of challenge is that there is this space I'm grateful for the space in me to choose to bring to it what I am. And when I look at a little bit deeper than that, I'm grateful that it brings me face-to-face to what I truly find most important. Everybody gets suffering in their lives. You've had your part. You've had your, 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 your things. I have had my things happen in my life um, that that weren't healthy, that weren't nourishing, and when I choose unconditional gratitude for to that for that, it's not like I wish those on anybody else or I'm happy that they happened. No, it's not like that. But I choose to open to it so that I can become, I, I can find in it what actually is most important to me and what's most important to me is to become more and more truthful to who I am and what I can bring to the situation. So, maybe that resonates with you. Just sit with that if you like. What happens when I bring an attitude of unconditional gratitude to anything that happens in my life? not as a dogma, but as a a discovery, like going on a hike or uh, playing a computer game you like or watching a Netflix series that you really like or something that you like. I I really want to explore this sense of, of gratitude and then extend that to others and say, okay, even though you may not give me what i think you should give me in other words my attachment is on i'm choosing to be grateful for you which is an gratitude i think is an element of love Uh, and what i can always be grateful for is that the other person is here whatever they're doing and maybe i can be grateful that the other person is giving me an opportunity to practice compassion or to, and to become more real about what I truly value. Like, just like I can be grateful to a very deep, um, not deep, heavy weight in the gym. It's like, um, if my attachment is, it's going to be easy. I'm going to be like resentful to this weight. But if I see it as an opportunity to see to to find out more of my power and I practice unconditional gratitude towards the weights in the gym. I see them as friends that are here to help me to stand more in my in my true power. So I, I invite you to think about this in the in this upcoming holiday season. If you like, maybe you find it helpful. And if you don't, leave it okay. That's okay. But what can I be unconditionally grateful for? very simple question and allow yourself to move from not be in a discussion not not like make a spreadsheet of it this not, not like a profit and loss statement oh, that's working doesn't no. but go deeper go deeper in into yourself We can say we can go deeper in the heart whatever metaphor works for you go deeper into what's really important to me like, like if, and if I don't know how to be unconditional great, 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 grateful, maybe the step before could be: What happens if I accept more of what's happening today, and I resist less of what's happening when I let go of my attachment of the should that I have in my brain of what should happen? So explore that, that possibility. Explore that possibility. I hope you and I hope you enjoy that. So we've been talking about unconditional gratitude we're going to take a short break and then after the break i am grateful that i get to have a conversation with my colleague rick gage about these practices of unconditional gratitude and i'm also curious to hear from him what his experience with gratitude is and how that helps him see you after the break you are listening to rooted and unwavering presented by growth leaders
2: network the leadership team and culture development company. If you would like to learn more about working on connectedness for yourself, your team
0: or organization, please contact growth leaders network on LinkedIn. And now back to the show.
1: So welcome back to rooted and wavering. We're talking about unconditional gratitude and Rick, not to be tongue in cheek, I'm going to say I'm very grateful for you and grateful that you are here today uh, with me. Rick is a very experienced facilitator and leader uh, who works in a human workplace and growth leaders network is a grandfather of six. Is that right? Yes. Six. um, I think it's probably and counting and many other things. And besides that, also a dear friend. So, Rick, uh, welcome. Uh, So, yeah. So. Any thoughts from you about unconditional gratitude that you want to start off with today?
2: Well, I really really enjoyed what you shared, shared, Hilke. And I guess maybe I'll start by reflecting that this is an unconventional way of thinking about gratitude. That most of what we do in gratitude practices is try to notice the things we like about what's going on in the world. And we equate gratitude with what I'm happy about. So it is conditional gratitude um, almost by definition that's what we do and, and I think it's its own useful practice it's a counterbalance for the the brains wiring to find the negative our brains are wired for survival and we survived by noticing the things that could hurt us more than noticing the things that could help us and so we you know our brains work that way we see that we see all the negative things and it's a useful practice to train our brains to notice the things that maybe we were overlooking you've been called us into something i think much deeper here that i think is is really quite profound and i i think just sitting for a few more minutes with the idea of unconditional gratitude no matter the condition gratitude because my mind quickly begins to imagine conditions in which i don't think i can be grateful in that condition mm. uh, and, and i can think of some some personally you know there have been losses in grief And and there are times when I don't know if I can get to gratitude. Mm. I appreciated just before the break. What you talked about was maybe I can't get to unconditional gratitude, but can I choose to be more open? Can I choose to resist less Mm. happening right now? I think that's a beautiful opening. Um, And I'd love for us maybe both to share a challenging time when we were able to find some kind of opening gratitude you shared one with this with situation with your with your work colleague but I would invite us each maybe to share another example and and I'll share as I've shared in this in this group a time or two before one of the you know big challenges in my life has been the passing of my wife and I would have to say that for the first year I don't know that I got to gratitude um, I could get to some acceptance um, I could get to I'm so grateful that she was here. I'm grateful that my missing her points to what we had together. Um, I've only begun in the last year, and I have about 14 months now, 15 months since her passing. I can only now begin to get a little bit of a glimmer to maybe in the arc of my life, having her and losing her was a part of what I needed to become who I'm meant to be. That's a hard thing to get to, though, because that says, like, I'm OK with her passing. And at some level, I'm not OK with that. I want her to still be here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. I imagine that there are people in trauma in 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 many kinds of situations where being able to get to being grateful for this situation that I'm in. I don't see how I can get there. Yeah.
1: What's the time when that's been challenging for you? So I'm going to share that, and I also want to respond to this. We're talking about a word, gratitude, right? And it has a lot of baggage and connotation. And to me, words are pointers, and we have to develop, we have to, we don't have to. We are invited to develop our own relationship with words. Because if we take the conditioned Understanding of the word, we're invariably going to be confused because we take on all the confusion of the people around us. Right. So if gratitude is, I'm grateful that I'm not so wet so 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 in such a terrible shape as you are. Like I hear this a lot. like I'm grateful I don't live in this war zone. Huh. Interesting, right? It it, it immediately creates separation. And it's understandable because, of course, I prefer I I'll be honest. I, I prefer, I have preferences to live, for example, this summer in Phoenix was brutally hot. I would have preferred if we had a really good monsoon, which we tend to have, with a lot of rain we didn't have. I would prefer that. Um, and now I'm grateful that it rained last night, right? So I have, that's that that's a level of gratitude. What I'm talking about is, reconceiving of the word grateful as graceful mm. like being able to see that but getting to to what's really important here not the 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 things that we are taught are important which invariably have to do with control attachment keeping things the way they are and living ever ever happily ever after. And we all know that's not going to work. You and I are not going to be here in 100 years. We're going to be dead. Let's let's just face that. Everybody here listening is going to be dead. uh, A lot of the companies that are existing right now are not going to be existing. Uh, Some of them will, maybe. I don't know. Uh, So when I think about unconditional gratitude, it is committing to what's most important to me opening up to the grace of what is here even if it's fierce grace. that's what I'm that's what I'm trying to point to. So and I loved in your story that you said that this this experience with your wife passing has brought you back more to what's real about Rick even though it's hard, right? and so my my i'll I'll share an experience and it's interesting that we're having this conversation in the context of a business context and i i'm going to share also a personal example because i think it it shows more clearly what we're talking about here the reason one of the reasons i talk about attachments because it's I've, i've got a phd in attachments and it's partly rooted in my growing up like where I felt I needed to attach to things to be safe. That has led to really difficult relationships, especially personally, romantically. I became very codependent, you could say, very attached to how an other make another person in charge of my happiness. Like you should be here. Not only you should be alive, that was not enough. You should smile when I say you should smile. You should do what you you what I think you should do when I say you should do that. You know, you should eat what I at at that like a long, long list of shoots. And as, long, as soon as that doesn't happen, I I go into action. So that's the context for which the example that I want to share. I'm um, been married for two years, and I've been together with my husband now for eight years. And that's been a beautiful and also very challenging experience. So in two thousand nineteen. We had lived together in Seattle for a year. And I did something that was very codependent. And my husband responded with, I don't think I can live with you right now. I need to leave. It was Christmas, 2019. And I'm so grateful that I had enough training by that time. That i didn't go into why you're doing this to me poor me bad you and i got to like mm, mm, get the whole of universe together to get this fixed no, i didn't do that i chose unconditional gratitude and on christmas day it wasn't like i could really feel it but there was a a quiet in me that i never felt before sense of ease in myself that there's a lesson. I could hear the the deeper intuition saying, there's a lesson here for you, Hilke. Don't miss it. Don't miss it this time. Listen. And I'm very grateful for him leaving at that time. Very grateful. Because it showed me something about the value of true Grace, true being centered, tr- truly being rooted in what's most important, which to me is something about being unconditionally loving and unconditionally grateful to me is like a derivative of that, of that. Um, and being centered in a, in a peace that is goes beyond conditions. And that has helped me so much as a coach, as a facilitator and as a leader, because now when I'm in a room with people and things are not going the way I want them to, I can still feel the familiar dog of, like, ah, oh, I gotta fix this. I have got to fix this now. But there's a memory now in me that's online that says, hmm, is that true? And then uh, life becomes a lot simpler because as I am not throwing up more dust and getting a, involved in the drama, like I'm able to stand back. I'm able to watch. I'm able to, and then I'm able to, to say or not say what needs to be said as opposed to what I say or need to be say for my attachment. I can speak now not for my attachment, but from a place of compassion, from a place of true integrity, true service. Not what I think should happen. Thank you for asking that.
2: I think what you shared is so powerful, Hilke. And what you described in that that sticks with me is there's that that little sense of quiet that you felt on that Christmas. Um, it isn't yet that I can choose gratitude in some in some and feel it in some full way, but I can feel that like the seed of that choice. I can feel the. I can feel the, the little pause in that that, uh, that Viktor Frankl talks about, that there's this, I can see that that piece in there. Because um, when you started, you talked about how I want to choose gratitude in every situation. Ah, oh, sometimes I don't feel like I can choose it. But that opening, that space of, I can open a little bit to what might be here for me to learn. I can let go a little bit of my expectations of what I has to be true um I can re- remember in the in the two-year cancer journey that I had with with my wife a part of that journey was um accepting that she might stay and she might not stay mm-hmm. um and and really recognizing that I have no control mm-hmm. over that and I have to let happen what will happen mm-hmm. and so there's a, a you two just talked about it, its attachments I think that's so powerful I had to let go of my attachment to her staying, yes. the source of my happiness. Yes. yes. And she worked really hard on that with me, because <laughs> she's a very wise woman. Um, you know, you can't be attached to my staying. That won't work. <laughs> you're gonna be okay either way. And you need to stay grounded in that, that you're gonna be okay either way. So that letting go a little bit of my attachment, letting go a little bit of my assumption about how this should be or must be for me to be okay, uh, is is sometimes where we can start and maybe that's all we can get to in the most difficult moment is that little seed of of opening that little that little quiet that can that can make space for more to come
1: and and who knows right and who knows what i what i sense is in my um the coach that i work with every saturday at 8:30 a.m. always asks me on a scale from 1 to 10, how much are you choosing unconditional love? like, Or how much are you choosing unconditional gratitude? Like right? that. And no matter how hard it is, I may not feel it. Gratitude is not a feeling. It is a choice. It's a choice that I make in terms of how I show up, even if I feel really challenged. And... I have never, I can tell anybody what to feel or how to be. And I love what you said, Rick, about like the gentleness that you invite with this. And, you know, maybe all I we can get to is this. I love that. Like, I love that saying, like, what if I chose just a little bit more gratitude? Just a little bit more. I chose a little bit more opening to this. Just allow it to happen. And then life can do the rest. You know, we don't have to even figure out what that means.
2: Um, I loved your equating gratitude and grace. I think that's really powerful. It's like I want there to be a word graceitude. Um <laughs> right that that there is this this because we think of grace almost as a skill. I want to have enough skill to be graceful. Right. If I'm a really good dancer, then I'll be a graceful dancer. That it's a skill thing. And I think tying that in with gratitude is recognizing that grace is at its core an attitude thing. Yeah. That it is this this unlocking of and, and disconnecting the attachments that allows grace to blossom.
1: Yes. And grace is not mine. The only thing, my relationship with grace is it's my job to get out of the way of it. So, and... What the I that needs to get out of the way is the mini me with the shoulds. Like, oh, this should not happen. This, you should do that. It's Thanksgiving. Oh, everybody should arrive at whatever, you know. (laughs) Everybody needs to like turkey. Uh, Everybody should be vegetarian. I don't know. Uh, Whatever my mind, the house should be nice and clean. Um, I've got 10 people coming to visit and stay with us. Everybody should put their, their shoes in the garage, you know, things like that but when i doesn't mean that i'm not going to exert myself like i'm going to be intentional but i'm going to do that in a space of gratitude where i say okay i'm going to open up to what's here and really listen and then to me the grace is it's 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 omnidirectional grace it comes from what i consider me Like I become more quiet and peaceful, which to me is huge grace because that's hard to come by for me, like the serenity, my goodness. Yes, like I sober up from my attachment. Love that. I also receive the grace of my surroundings. I see that I get to experience the beauty of what's happening here. All these people or whatever is going on or nobody, like that could be the, the quiet of the day, right? And I also see how life moves. The, the, the and insights come. Right, I could have never. I grew up in a, on a farm in the north of the Netherlands. I could have never, in a million years, have designed that I'm going to sit here on a podcast in November of 2023, sitting with my friend from Seattle, Rick Gage biggest hearted man that I know speaking from my home office in Phoenix being married to an African-American man doing coach I mean it's it's insane right that's a lot of grace a lot of grace and it, it's not in the big moments it's always no?
2: I love the the focus of this as a as a tool in the context of the holidays because there's so much pressure and challenge in the holidays, I was with a group last night where we used a, a, a process called a TRIZ uh, to imagine how we could guarantee the worst holiday experience possible. Um, <laughs> and we strategize, just brainstormed all the crazy things that we could do that would make the holidays just absolutely certain to be horrible. Um, and, and the powerful thing about this tool, of course, is you do all that work and then you stare at the things that you have there and you say, what of those things am I actually doing in some way? Um, and you, and you discover it's really a way of discovering your attachments. Hmm. It's a way of discovering the things that you're, that you're holding on to, the shoulds that you're holding on to, the ways in which you are, um, not unconditional. In, in how you're approaching something like the holidays, uh, yeah. it was really a powerful little way to, to unlock some clues for, I think all of us that were participating, what are some of the things we do that make the holidays so much harder than they have to be?
1: Yes. I love that. And, and what like what are some things that we're doing that make the holiday so much harder, that make work so much harder, that make relationships so much harder, that make our life so much harder? And and not from a place of, oh, I'm doing this bad. No, it's more like, oh, I, I'm grateful, right? Um, and, and I just want to highlight just a quick other dimension on this. I'm also grateful for my own confusion um, because if I see, if I believe that I'm a finite person that dies at whatever age and that's the end separate, that's horrible, right? I now need to make sure that I am totally perfect and cleaned up and blah, 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 blah. By the time I'm dropping dead. That's horrible. It's no, no fun in that but if I get to see more like of the reality of the situation, which is that we're all connected that I'm you know, like, you can put put this in so many different ways, but like there's this life that has a name called Hilken. There's Rick Cage over there and And just like your, your wife, this, um, her, her, her lessons pass on, leave like live on right so even even at that level we can already appreciate be grateful i can be grateful my confusion because these are lessons for me to be less confused and maybe i pass some of that on and maybe one person in the next generation will do something a little different that may make a difference so that that makes that that that, that vantage points helps me to stay grateful for to discover more about my how I'm, I create mess. <laughs> because it's if it's not fertilizer for me, at least it's but my, just my awareness of that might become fertilizer for somebody else.
2: Well, I think your, your gratitude for your confusion is a beautiful example of, of how we can see what's underneath. So I wouldn't be confused if there wasn't some part of me that sought clarity right it would be a non experience right yes there are dissonant things but i don't care something in you cares that there are dissonant things that you're experiencing and finds that confusing has an uncomfortable experience with that unclarity and that's super helpful in in helping you find your way to something that is more clear yes and is more peaceful and and is more integrated and whole and real and true mm. Um, So confusion is a beautiful gift. But initially, we'd have to say that my experience of confusion is unpleasant. I don't like this experience. (laughs) I don't want that experience. But I also don't want to not have that experience. Right. It's a little bit of my relationship with my missing. Right. So my missing of my wife is a pointer to the deep love that we had. And so even as I'm feeling the missing of her, I'm already beginning to feel the other side of that coin. Even as I'm feeling the confusion, I'm feeling the clarity that's on the other side of that coin. Even as I'm feeling the sadness, I'm feeling the joy that's on the other side.
1: Yeah, I love that. So for me, the the, the two unconditional gratitude is simply a tool it's not the only tool there's many tools to become more connected and to what's important and to me that's the core of it to to get to use gratitude as an as an, an approach to be restored and to be renewed and to be redeemed into what we actually are about which if i look at the evolution of humans you know where our, our survival mechanisms are so strong and they have a role and yet they can distract us from being being aware of that which includes the survival mechanisms, but which is bigger than that right it it it, it it we can be open to a perspective that's greater that allows us to feel connected to what cannot be said. The same coach that I work with all the time always gives me this one sentence on the Tao, which I love, and you know I know you know this this one because I've shared with you many times, Rick, is knowing constancy is insight. Not knowing constancy leads to disaster. And I love that sentence because, for me, I'm I'm retranslating this because knowing feels very like static. I got it. I don't. For me, it's like discovering constancy, discovering what's true about me always, whether whatever you call that, your values, your peace, your love. And even those words get new meanings as we as we mature. Is insight. Forgetting about those things that are not that are not constant, that come and go, our attachments, our expectations, our our results, the people in our lives that we love, our health, our feelings, pretty much anything that we can experience changes. And if we hang our hat on that, it's a rough ride. That's disaster. That's attachment. Insight is meaning seeing inside is grace because we see that we're actually okay
2: i love that example and what i'm hearing in gratitude is i'm grateful for both sides of that equation i'm grateful for what constancy leads to i'm grateful for what not constancy leads to Yes. Because both those things help me stay on the right path, help me learn and grow.
1: That's great. Love that. Final thought from you, Rick. The hour has flown by. What what would you like to say by way of closing today?
2: I I love this deepening view of gratitude. I think there's something really, really powerful here. Um, and I'm drawn back to the to the poem you shared. I'm wondering if maybe you would share that as a bit of A bit of our closing you you had a poem about about how gratitude
1: unlocks yes yes i will i will share that Um, so gratitude unlocks the fullness of life it unlocks everything into enough and more it makes a stranger into a friend a house into a home problem to an invitation and it continues um, I will post this poem with the, with the podcast my closing reflection is I'm grateful that I got to spend time with you Rick, and with everybody who's listening now and later in this contemplation of, of gratitude which is something that's given to us for many generations and not as a dogma but as an invitation to just saying, oh, that would be a really beautiful walk to take, the walk of gratitude. So thank you all for listening. Uh, we've been doing Rooted and Wavering. This was episode 34. We talked about unconditional gratitude. Uh, next time, we will be here with uh, Jill Myers, who is a leader in the aerospace and other industries very beautiful independent and heartfelt leader and thinker and also at some point we will have the podcast with patty obermeyer the senior leader for microsoft and if you're listening patty i hope you're feeling better um, and uh, to everybody's listening i hope you learned something or maybe you touched something today that connects you more deeply to what you truly value and you get to enjoy that in yourself and in in everyone around you. You've been listening to Ruiter and Wavering. And also, if you want to connect to this podcast, you can find us on Apple and Spotify and other places and also on LinkedIn. And um, yeah, you've been listening to Ruiter and Wavering where we help leaders connect more deeply to their innate potential. I'm your host, Hilke Faber.
0: Thank you for joining us in today's episode of Rooted and Unwavering Leadership Conversations about Courageous Connectedness, presented by the leadership development company, Growth Leaders Network. To learn more, subscribe to this podcast, connect with Growth Leaders Network and Hilke Faber on LinkedIn, or read Hilke's award-winning book, Taming Your Crocodiles. Now take a moment and appreciate something that is great about you. Celebrate the gift that you are and enjoy connecting more deeply to your best self today. See you next time on Rooted and Unwavering.